The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Indeed. It's the Independent Podcast. Uh, independent Wrestling Podcast. What the hell? Holy shit. Oh, man. My brain's uh, my brain's fucking melted today. It's a good day. We, yeah, good start. All right, let's go. I'm Mike. It's Wednesday. That's Reg. We talk about independent wrestling. How are you, Reg? <laughs> you're muted. I'm muted. Am hey, I live? No, you're not. Okay, muted. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a lot was going on. The intro started playing five times in a row. I was like, why is the intro playing? Like, am I rapping over the intro? Oh, great. Whatever, I'm here. It's Righteous Reg. It's Wednesday. It's indeed your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. We're here. It's independent wrestling. There's a lot going on, as always. Very excited to be here, Mike. Absolutely. And uh, got an amazing guest today. He kicks a whole lot of ass. He also makes a whole lot of wrestlers who kick a whole lot of ass. Look good. Well, they kick a whole lot of ass to uh, someone from my neck of the woods, Southern Ontario, a GTA Golden Horseshoe representative of the, the 905 Sway Archer. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very tired, which is the normal response from me. But otherwise, I'm, I'm very good. I don't think I've ever talked to you and you haven't been like not very, very busy. I am always. so busy and so tired all the time. Well, that's uh, that's probably because you have uh you know kind of two careers going within one career yeah uh, so if you're not familiar with sway archer canadian independent wrestler you see him all over the uh the scene here in ontario perhaps in montreal perhaps in uh the the border states and uh if you haven't seen him wrestling you've most definitely probably seen somebody wrestling in all that fire ass gear he makes mm-hmm it's uh it's one of the the fun things where i i often say that my if i can have a wrestling career that catches up to the reach that my gear career has mm-hmm. even at this point i'll be happy because i've got i literally think i i put together like a little list when i started making gear mm-hmm and I'm only missing like three things off that list out of like the 20 things that I had. Right. And most of those have to do with main roster WWE. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I've accomplished way more than I thought I would in my first two and a half years of doing this. Full time. 
But like also on the flip side, so there's like the the few that you haven't accomplished. How many others on that list are also like main roster WWE and stuff that have been checked off too? Uh, I, so technically, two of my bucket list things that were accomplished uh, that did have to do with the main roster where I wanted to, because most of my things I split up between I want to design something and then I want to make something. So I've designed something that ended up on the main roster, that being the gear for Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland. Uh, mm-hmm. When Pete first went back to wearing the singlet and when Ridge Holland uh, got trunks to match when they started using the plaid designs, um, I designed the first set of that that was set up through uh, through a friend of mine, George, uh, who was he used to promote Destiny up here in Canada, yeah. and so he, Pete was his champion for God a year and a half or something like that. So he yeah. knew Pete very well, and he's reached out to me. He said, "How quickly can you get me design?" I did it within like I think three hours, um, and then that ended up on the main roster as a design. So that was one bucket list thing, and then the other bucket list thing was I wanted gear in a WWE 2K game. Um, so that gear that Pete Dunne and uh, Ridge Holland wore ended up in 2K, but then also the gear that I made for Trick Williams ended up in 2K. Wow. So I ended up doubling up on the same year, which I didn't expect for either of them to end up, either of those sets of gear to end up in it. So that's wild. Those, those, those are good. I'm I'm the only person on the, I'm the only person on this podcast currently who doesn't have anything in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, did, true. Did, 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 you have, did you have music in? Yeah, I have music in the AEW game. That's what I thought it was. I thought I saw something about that because I know um, I know a lot of uh, like a lot of the music was ruckus, but then like the other music, it was very much people that I had like known off twitter like i think you have stuff yeah, in there mega rams got stuff in there mm-hmm. that's really cool you, yeah. your time will come mike yeah yeah <laughs> i believe it too someone's gonna need some independent wrestling you know uh discussion in a video game one day <laughs> i'll be there hopefully absolutely uh you kind of talking you know you know kind of talking about the the duality of your careers uh obviously they both tied back to wrestling so it did want to kind of bring it all back to the beginning find out you know when did uh when did the interest and love in wrestling kind of develop for you and then how did that translate not only into i want to step into the ring but then also i would like to you know design and make a bunch of people last year myself and other people to wear in the ring interest and love in wrestling is a weird one because it's just one of those things where it's literally just always been a part of my life Mm-hmm. Um, my dad watched wrestling my entire childhood. So I like, I remember growing up just like having stuff around to do with wrestling. Uh, there's a picture of me when I was like, like, I don't even have cognitive processing power. I was like two years old and I'm in a, uh, stone cold vest. Like one of the ones they made for kids back then. Like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just in a Stone Cold vest, you know, um, having like all the action figures and stuff like that, playing with them as a kid. Um, it's weird because I wasn't as much of somebody who watched the television product as I was somebody who played the video games, uh, which might actually have something to do with me ending up uh, 
as a gear maker and designer because mm. that started out of video games. Um, like going from watching it as a kid, I can't tell you exactly when I started actively watching to when I stopped, but I do know that I was not watching for ruthless aggression. I was not watching from like 03 to I want to say 08. Uh, because I remember going back and watching it all retroactively and mm -hmm. being like, oh shit, like some of this was really, really good and some of it was absolutely abysmal. Um, yes. But yeah, you missed some bad shit. <laughs> there was some bad shit. But I always, I always tell people the first thing that I remember seeing on WWE TV, like I know I've been watching consistently since then, is, and this is going to be really fucking weird and really out of left field, um, is the feud between Chuck Palumbo and Jamie Noble over Michelle McCool. Do not know why that is my first memory of like, I know I've been watching consistently since then, but I have been. I've been watching consistently since that happened. Um, I've been watching Impact intermittently since another one where I remember the first thing I saw and it doesn't make any sense uh, was Rock and Rave was the first thing I saw Impact. Right. Yeah. So I I ended up more so with the video games though. Like from here comes the pain onward. I've played all of the games, uh, had all of, owned all of them, played all of them, and the the desire to make gear was a very short lived thing around the time I started training. So I started training when I was fifteen. Um, didn't really do me much good because it was like. I had to take so many breaks because mm. like I was only going one day a week because I, I didn't have a car. It was the only way I could get there. It was like an hour away in Toronto. So my mom had to drive me. She was only going to drive me one day a week because my older brother played sports. My younger brother played sports. So I started training when I was 15. Um, really only got like a few months out of it before I stopped. Uh, by the time I was ready to come back, that school had closed. Go to... Uh, battle arts in Mississauga. I started yeah. with Squared, Squared Circle in uh, in Toronto with Rob Fuegos, where I started. Uh, that school closed by the time I was ready to come back. Battle Arts opened, so I started training there. And about the time that I did my first show, uh, just like a battle royal spot or whatever, I had gone to the fashion class at my school and asked basically the teacher, do you have anybody who would be interested in making... Uh, just a pair of pants because I wanted I didn't want tights I didn't want trunks or bikers or whatever I just wanted pants but I didn't want them to be like like trash bagger pants like mm -hmm. I didn't want them to be like early 2000s indie stuff uh, and I originally wanted something like Fondangos and I remember messaging messaging like the only gear creator anybody knew at the time uh, which was main event gear and asking them and I'm like 17 years old at the time I'm like yeah ask them i got money from like a part-time job this will be fine mm -hmm. and they quoted me and i was like oh that's american pricing <laughs> yeah okay yeah this, oh yeah as soon as you convert that american dollar to so, uh, 30 percent more at the time probably it was only 15 yeah. but still it's killing me yeah so i ended up going to one of the fashion students with like 150 bucks canadian and the fabric already in hand and i was like can you just figure out how to make these? And she was like, yeah, sure. Made them. They weren't great, 
Like they didn't know what they were doing. They had made, mm-hmm. you know, dresses before. They had never made spandex stuff for one and two stuff that was intended to hold up to the wear and tear of wrestling. But that lasted me for like my first three or four shows. And then I bought like actual gear. And around that time, I had started designing stuff uh, for myself. Mm-hmm. I had never taken a commission, but I designed stuff for myself. And then like for my tag partner later on. So that was like my first experience with designing and getting into gear making. And then I took my first commission for a design in 2018, which is why uh, my bags and the branding for uh, Archer Wrestling Apparel is established 2018. Because mm-hmm. technically I started making money doing it 2018. And look at you in 2023. You got like a team now wow. and stuff, I understand. Yeah, so I have uh, one assistant looking for another because I, uh, the amount of people that I have to like turn away is annoying to me. It's not mm-hmm. more than I take on, mind you, like, but it's still annoying because I want everybody to have good gear. I don't want people to have to piece together stuff from Amazon. Or to go, you know, I'd want custom stuff, but like nobody is able to do it or, you know, the people who are able to do it to only make for WWE and they're prohibitively expensive because that's what I ran into, right, when I was starting. Um, So I want to be able to have everybody have good gear, but it's like I can't do everybody, but I'd like to do more than I'm doing now. Not personally, because personally, I can do it <laughs> as I can. But to have like people where I know that they're doing what I believe is a good quality of work, I'd like there to be more people like that. There is still a good chunk, but like Ophidian said it best when I first started learning gear, he's like, nobody should be undercutting anybody or you know talking bad on anybody because at the end of the day, they're right now is not enough gear makers for the amount of people who want wrestling gear yeah no way won't be for a while Mm -hmm. especially because like even with the new people we have coming up right now where there's so many people where they're a wrestler and either they start making stuff or their partner starts making stuff there's more of those coming up now than there Mm -hmm. was when i started and still the older people are retiring or their client lists are closed. They just don't take anybody else, you know? So there's always a need. So I want more people who um, at least have a good um, idea of quality, at least what I believe is a good idea of quality. I'm no objective standard or whatever. (laughs) That's pretty wild. So these two things have played legit hand in hand since the beginning, the being a wrestler and making the gear how did you balance out uh the two things in the beginning when you transitioned to the new wrestling school um first of all uh how's the transition into becoming like a uh more than a a weekend warrior like investing full time into becoming a pro wrestler it's weird um i am 25 years old and i have an accountant which like i grew up in like I grew up in, in basically like government housing. So for me, like my dad has an accountant, but he has a government job. Like he works for the postal service. 
So he's got like good benefits and good pay and whatever. He has an accountant like now, but when I was growing up to think of like young people having accountants was you got an accountant when you were 40. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's how I grew up. So 100%. like people having me having an accountant now is weird. Um, Shadow Canada but, but I had to because I'm self-employed. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and that's not something I ever thought would happen so early. Like, I thought that if I was going to be making all my money off wrestling at 25 or 26 years old, I thought it was going to be like, oh, well, you get signed and then you just get a, you get a W2 like everybody else or you get a T4 like everybody else. Like, I thought it was just going to be that. But doing it now, like keeping track of receipts and all that, that's been a weird adjustment. Um, time management is always a rough one because it is a balance of like, I have clients to take care of, but also like I have a wrestling career to try and take care of. Right. Um, and there's always a tough bit of like, I am really booked up, but this is a good opportunity for a booking. So mm -hmm. like, and it's rough. because <laughs> It hasn't happened to me yet, but I always fear it's going to, where it's like, there's going to be somebody where, they're like, I need my stuff like as soon as possible. I got this big opportunity coming up. It's like, okay, cool, sure. And then I'm gonna go to a show, and they're gonna be there, and it'll be like that, that second of like, you're here doing the show, but like, where's my gear? And I was like, <laughs> you would have done it too if you were me. Totally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the amount of wrestlers who I, I view it as like the amount of wrestlers who call in sick to their day jobs to like go to a Friday booking or something. You know, <laughs> I'm doing that, the same thing. That's so you. That, that's you at a show, and there's orders to fulfill still. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. There's, there's always orders to fulfill. Yeah, I, I literally, I have not had an empty spreadsheet since I started. Mm -hmm. I've never had the chance to like empty my spreadsheet because even when I say like I'm not going to say anything until I empty it, then like regulars come in and ask for stuff, and it's like okay, well, they're fine. And then oh, yeah. I ended up being like, I'm not taking anybody new until I finish this spreadsheet. And then like somebody from WWE comes by and it's like, okay, well you, but <laughs> like there's, there, it's always a give and take of like trying to manage your time and trying to stick to like stick to your own limits. But then there's always stuff that makes you push those limits. Absolutely. It's uh, I don't know if anyone, there is something you kind of mentioned there with like, you don't want to say that the spreadsheet's looking empty because as soon as you do, it's, it's kind of, has no. anyone worked? Has anyone worked? Have any of you worked in a restaurant? Yes. And you're yes. like, it's like, I restaurants. oh, hey, it's kind of slow today. Like, hey, the suddenly, chit line's empty. There's yeah. no, there's no chits waiting. And yeah. then like five. Par par once. Yeah. Party of 10 walks in or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. In, impromptu party of 10. Uh, and they all want like, I don't know. I, for, I don't know what it was for you as to like what took up the most space. But for us, we had a very small oven and it was nachos. Like, oh, we have like three parties come in and they all want two plates of nachos each. And it's like, okay, cool. I can fit one plate of nachos in the oven at a time. No, our, the restaurant I worked at, uh, we, there was the kitchen kitchen. And then there was also a salad bar, like out just outside of the kitchen, like okay. kind of inside the house that people could see. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there, we'd have to like coordinate with, pizza and salad coming out of this like pizza oven with yeah. everyone else at the dinner tables entrees coming out of the kitchen Eesh. and it was just 
a vicious dance. Terrible. And uh, yeah, you know, food service. Everyone hates working at it. Nobody gets appreciated enough for doing it. Fuck. No, <laughs> sounds like pro wrestling. Got a couple of yeah, uh, yeah. Got, <laughs> oh shit, true. Uh, got a couple of chats here. Uh, Mikey Sway got everyone's drip level up. Superstar status on every major promotion and top indie promotion. Put respect on his name, Birdman. Thank you, Mikey. No, uh, I believe that would be Mikey Truth. If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, Mikey with a double I, I'm always like, it's probably Mikey. <laughs> That's Mikey mm-hmm. Truth, um, fellow Dynasty member, the person who actually had the idea for Dynasty. Oh. Um, technically one of my clients, because like I make gear for everybody in Dynasty at this point. So it all it all comes full circle. It's it it it's like kind of for you, but it's also for them. It's also for them, you know. Nah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a funny story where it was for me and but like I was doing it for them, but it's like I was the one who put my foot down. Uh, <laughs> we were going to IWS and it was going to be our trios debut at IWS. This was like three months ago, four months ago. And we had been like ribbed about it by um, a local promoter who's like works very well hand in hand with battle arts. And he went like, you guys are a trio. What are the guys in your trio makes gear? Why the fuck don't you guys have like matching trios gear yet? And I was like, one, I'm busy. Two, I'm fucking busy. Three, we just haven't we we haven't designed it yet. We haven't done it yet. So once we got confirmed for the IWS booking, I literally just messaged the both of them. I'm like, here's how much you guys owe me. You have gear for IWS. Here's what it looks like. Cool. Because mm. I was like, I'm not because I I had already been at IWS for a few months. Uh, and like I'd already done a few shows there. I'm like, I'm not letting us show up as a trio and and have this not be done. So we're just gonna do it. Hell yeah. Good. And they were like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> I I like hearing that Mikey came up with the idea for Dynasty because I think Mikey himself just also has a pretty cool story in that he was like a creator wrestler before yeah. being an actual wrestler. Yeah. Mikey is uh, Mikey is one of the most unique cases in regards to wrestlers that I've ever seen because, like, there's there's a lot of people where they get into wrestling and they get into wrestling super young and they do not work hard at all. Or they just, like, they don't network. I was guilty of that. I did not network. I didn't network for, like, the first god it's weird to say the first like couple years of my career because my career was like a couple months a couple months absolutely nothing yeah like literally college (laughs) pandemic so that's like six years right there and now i'm starting Mm -hmm. again um but for the first couple years of my career where i was going to shows but not like actively training because i was in college i did not network at all and that was one of like the worst things for me. Um, Mikey is the exact opposite. Mikey started a little bit later. I want to say Mikey started training late 20s, uh, mid to late 20s. Networked viciously. Went everywhere, talked to everyone. Um, and it's paid dividends. Like he, he is very, very, very good at getting his name out there and being recognized by people for doing that and then it it, like it pays off because when it is time to wrestle like 
the one thing that I always get, because sometimes we'll be on a show and like, because I'm on Twitter so much, people will message me to like review all of us. And the one thing that I always get is this like Mikey just has so much energy and it's fantastic. Like Mikey's energy is just infectious. Every time we have a booking, that's the number one thing I, I hear back about Mikey is just so much energy. And I, I love him for it because it's like you can't help but smile because you make your entrance and it's like, all right, serious face, serious face, making your entrance. And then Mikey just starts screaming. <laughs> so it's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, he 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 had me like la rolling out of my chair laughing at the IWS show because uh yep sexy Eddie had a a, a grip on him we'll say yeah and uh, he was just shriek <laughs> he was shrieking and it just yeah Mikey's hilarious uh let's say let's say something nice about Jackson while we're at it then though <laughs> Jackson is oddly enough one of the he is a testament to so I'll, I'll like, I hate doing this, but I have to sort of like undercut something that everybody else says about the current state of wrestling. People go like, man, WWE taking all these athletes fucking sucks. They don't care about wrestling and stuff like this. I go, man, but there is something to say about some fucking athletes just come in and they just get it. And Jackson was one of those people. Like Jackson was like offset level wrestler. Very, very good uh, the the fundamentals of movement in a combat sports setting, he just gets it. I've only ever known one other person like him in my life where it was like a dude I went to high school with who played rugby and football last year of high school goes, oh, I'll give wrestling a try and then made it to OFSA. Like mm. some people just have it in regards to combat sports, contact sports, I guess even. And Jackson's one of those people. And there's been so many times where I go like, oh, maybe you should try this. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll try that out. And then, like, he just does it flawlessly the first time. And I'm like, eh, well, <laughs> there's that. He, he's an incredibly quick learner, and he's very, very good. Like, the how quickly he has picked up some of the physical things are mind-blowing to me. Do uh, do all three you train out of battle arts? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Uh, I got another chat here. Dilo Diggs popping in. Sway is the man. Mm -hmm. Very right. You know, like Delorean uh, Diggs. Delorean Diggs, cool dude. <laughs> and, I like uh, him. Also, uh, King of the North with uh, three of my favorite people on one screen. Pop. And uh, <laughs> j just just for you, since you are such a, a fan of the show, King of the North, uh, we'll ask. Got to hear Sway's oh, no. wrestling, wrestling, oh, no. gear, pet <laughs> wrestling gear pet peeves. You got Good one. Good one. In the controversial shit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Here you go, Jeremy. Get your, one. <laughs> yeah. Get, get your get your get sound your bites. Get your transcript ready. If I can, uh, uh, yeah, clip chip me here. Um, I hate people who design gear, um, and don't, uh don't seemingly seemingly don't put in any thought as to how the fuck it's supposed to be made mm -hmm. the amount of designs i get handed where it's like here you go nice design right and i go what the fuck do you want me to do with this how are you how am i supposed to make this how are you supposed to wrestle in this mm -hmm. 
You have fur encasing one of your entire legs. Where's the stretch supposed to come from? You're going to sweat your balls off in this. You're going to hate it after like a week. How are you going to wash it? Mm-hmm. It's fur. You, it want, you want to wash it and comb it out every time? Put it in the dryer and just have it shrivel up <laughs> immediately. The amount, the amount of designs I've gotten where I've had to like, and I'm, I'm usually pretty understanding because I understand that not everybody who wants to be involved with wrestling has all of the skills required to be involved in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I am incredibly lucky that at 25 years old, I make all of my money on wrestling. Like, I do not have a other job. It is gear making and wrestling, and that's it. And I guess, like, merch sales, technically, you would add in. But, mm-hmm. like, some people, they design, but they can't make. Whether that's because they've got physical disabilities or whether that's because they just they don't have the time to invest to learn, whatever. I'm lucky. I started learning during the pandemic. I was fucking trapped in the house anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I had 12 hours a day to just do on absolutely whatever the hell I wanted. So I literally spent three months just dedicated learning how to make gear. I never did anything else. I made gear and played video games, and that was it. So I learned very quickly because of that, and also because I had great teachers. And I had people who I was able to pick their brain, like Ophidian and Kate, uh, like Kel Rose, um, like like the the people who taught me how to like physically sew in my like actual life here in Southern Ontario. I was super lucky in that. However, people who design stuff, even taking a second to think about how things have to be sewn and cut and assembled is incredibly important because just because you saw it somewhere does not mean it works for wrestling. There's a lot of people who take elements of cosplay gear and try and make it for wrestling. Mm. Okay, that's great. It doesn't work when that gear is going to be pulled. It doesn't work when, you know, people are going to be running around. It doesn't work long term. Like those cosplay things, they hold up really nicely for pictures and stuff like that. But then you take it off and it's like it's held together by fucking bobby pins. Mm. You know, it's not, not everything works that way. And also... As a, as a worker, please be willing to work with your gear maker. And if you're not, don't be upset if they're not the ones to make it. Because, like, I'll say right now, cut and sewn logos, not my forte. If you want me to do, like, I'm trying to find an example. If you wanted me to do this logo, this Matt Awesome sticker, if you had that on a piece of gear and you said, I would like this on like my left thigh, I'm custom printing it nine times out of 10. Mm. I'm going to custom print. Custom prints may look a little bit flatter, but the margin of error is so much smaller because one of his arms, it's if it's super small pieces, it's got to get stitched in super small. And when that fabric starts fraying a little bit, or when the stitches maybe pop on that piece of fabric because, you know, wear and tear, it happens. It's going to look like crap in a few months a lot of the time. When you got something with small details, I custom print it. And some people are not willing to have that. They're like, oh, no, but I wanted out of these specific materials. It's like, okay, well, then I'm not, I'm not the person for you. So design work. Um, work with your gear makers. It's another, that's my other gear pet peeve. 
The third one would probably be not outlining things. Most of the gear I try and design, I try and outline things. If mm -hmm. I have white letters on red, I will usually put a thin black outline around those white letters to help it pop off the red. That stroke is very oh, important. Yeah, it, it's it's a stroke, literally. If you work in Photoshop, it's just a simple little stroke. A lot of people don't do it. And I just sit there going, your lettering, your face logo, anything would pop off your, your tights, trunks, whatever, way more if it just had a thin contrast color outline. So those would be probably my top three. Yeah, I felt that to my core. <laughs> yeah, I, in case it wasn't clear that I decided to do this full time, I'm very passionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I felt that last one to my core with the outlining things because, like, doing these overlays, if it was yeah. just if it was just that red on the gold, it's like, eh. yeah, it would look really muddied. Yeah, right? like you need black, something to break it up. That black stroke is what kind of makes yeah. it, you know, sit a little bit nicer than the background. Yeah, it pops it off the background. Ah, it's a lot nicer. Uh, black stroke. Spe speaking. <laughs> <of that>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving along. <laughs> Fuck. That's the rant I was looking for. Very good. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm glad I could oblige you yep. with my yep. with my anger. That's like a ask ask Mikey and and Jackson. Yeah. Put the, put them in a car with me. That is like a fraction of the rant that I am capable of. I uh, I I I caught. Uh, I can't remember too much of it, but I caught like bits and pieces at a uh, Courage Pro in Hamilton. When, oh uh, God, yeah, I was. I was, I was talking I was uh, that day. Yeah, I was, yeah. Well, that was I think just before Slammiversary too. Just before Slam, that was yeah the busiest time I have ever had aside from WrestleMania Dallas would have been. Uh, the week leading up to July 15th for Slammiversary. Mm. Literally yeah. the, the busiest time of my life where I was pulling like 14-hour days. And I think one of the days I stayed up till 3 a.m. just because it was like, I have to finish this before I go to bed. I was going to ask you, what was the, the quickest turnaround you've had for uh, some important gear? So quickest turnaround in regards to actually shipping it? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, a day. A day. Wow. Yeah. The first, funnily enough, the first set I ever made for Speedball. Wow. Um, I had made it. I think the turnaround was like, I think the, the from purchase to thing mm -hmm. would have been a month. Okay. What happened was I, I had measured, because I didn't measure him because he was prepping for a match. I had measured an existing set of gear that he had. And... The issue with measuring an existing set of gear is that when you go to pattern it, gear lays flat differently than the pattern lays with the curves built in. Mm -hmm. So it ended up being like, it wasn't a good shape. It was too high waisted and stuff like that. And I went, okay. So I literally, so I brought it to him on the Saturday and it didn't fit well. And that was at, I think, Lucha Tio or Demand Lucha. And he had Destiny on Sunday. So instead of staying and watching the Lucha T.O. show, I went home, completely remade the piece. Um, like, because it was like, oh, well, you can just like seam rip it and work it down. Fuck it. Completely remade the piece um, from start to finish and then brought it back to him the next day. 
wow. at Destiny. So like from 8 p.m. at Lucha T.O. to uh, 3 p.m. call time when I showed up at Destiny. That would have been like my quickest turnaround. That's insane. Um, quickest time I ever made a piece was three and a half hours. And that was a pair of trunks for Kevin Blackwood. Wow. I, uh, yeah. Speaking of delivering gear to Speedball, uh, I had, I, I understand you had a little bit of a quest to get him his, uh, best of super junior gear this year. Yep. Yep. Um, he, like drove to Philly, uh, the day before he flew out or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, a day or two before. Cause I think, I think I ended up driving down on the Sunday and no, no, I think it was. No, no, I think I drove down on the Saturday and he flew out Monday. But mm. what it was was that I had – he either flew out Monday or Tuesday. But whatever it was, I went to UPS. I think it actually might have been Tuesday because I, I would have had it there for Monday. And usually that would have been okay. Mm-hmm. And I went to UPS, which is who I shipped through, and I went, hey, I need this in Philly for Monday. I understand it's going to be a little more expensive, whatever. And they went, yeah, we well, can't guarantee anything right now. I don't remember what it was that was going on in the States. Something in May was going on in the States. Whether yeah. it was, I don't know whether it was like environmental stuff mm-hmm. or something happened, but UPS loves to go, something happened, we guarantee nothing. Uh, it's, it happened happened so much when I try and send, send stuff to Florida because Florida gets like tropical storms and hurricanes and whatever. And if and it's, it's Florida, like, the hurricane could be on Wednesday from Monday to Sunday, guaranteed delivery. They're like, we guarantee nothing. There's potentially a hurricane anytime within this week. Mm. And then they take that opportunity to just go, we're just going to deliver it at God's will. And it'll get there when it gets there. Right. So they were like, yeah, we can't Damn. guarantee Monday. And I said, okay, that's not an option for me. It needs to be there Monday. I'm not letting him get on this plane without you know this brand new set of gear brand new entrance jacket that he ordered mm-hmm. so i was like fuck it we're going to philly literally i just like i was like fuck it got in the car drove to philly um ended up making like a trip out of it going to um new york the next day because i didn't realize how close new york city was to uh east philly mm-hmm. and i was like fuck it go down there i went to I went to Suplex Vintage in Philly as well that day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just made I made a trip out of it because I have I, I try my best to be as proactive as I can, but sometimes that's not possible. And when I can't be proactive, um, I try not to be. I, I, I am reactive, but I try not to do things on a retribution basis where it's like, oh, I'll get you next time. There's certain people where it's like, no, take care of those people because they take care of you. Like mm-hmm. Speedball is my most consistent client. He was one of the first people that was consistently getting like not only TV looks, but having like these super high profile matches where everybody was tuning in and watching him and going, Oh crap. Like that's really cool gear and stuff like that. And then it all came back to me. He's referred me to so many people. Um, I always joke that he like shopped me around at impact. Cause it was one of the times I went to impact and speedball was just like, have you met sway? Sway makes gear. And <laughs> one of the loops that I, that I went to to help out, I ended up getting like six orders off it. 
wow. because he was like, he speaks the world of me and I appreciate it so much. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, I want to make sure that there's no way that he goes to one of the biggest stages in the world without new stuff. Mm-hmm. A Sub-Zero gear was so nice, dude. That's that's one of his favorite sets. That's one of my favorite sets that I've made. I think my thing is I always look at them and I go, the bikers are super simplistic, but all the colors work really nice and all the textures work really nice, so I'm okay with it. You know what's really interesting? Uh, you disgusting, disgusting, discussing all of this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> discussing all of this gear talk is I think about how often people change their gear and people try to stay like there's some wrestlers that try to have new gear every single match or switch it up uh, as often as they can. Does that, does that play a role? Do you care about that at all? If somebody wears your gear once or twice and then they move on to something else, or is it just like, it's a piece like it's out. Have I don't care at all. Right. I could not care less. Mm-hmm. There, There is times where I go like, like that was a good piece, man. I wish it could have yeah, got like, another you know, wear. shelves a piece, and I'm like, damn, yeah. but that was a really good piece. Right. But it's like it's not something I take personally because mm-hmm. I'd be a hypocrite. I do not wear the same set of gear more than once to the same promotion. See, with right. very few exceptions. Right. Like when I was wrestling crossbody, I only had one set of tag gear that matched uh, my partner Derek. So I can't like go to him and go, well, either we're not going to match as a tag team or like you have to get new gear. That'd be <laughs> shitty, right? right. I was just like, no, no, we'll stick with the black and gold and we'll just run that. Um, but in regards to anytime I haven't had a trios booking, anytime that's been like a singles or a scramble or something like that, I've always had new gear for Battle Arts, C4, IWS, every single place that I've gone, every single gear. time I go. It, it is. Right now, <laughs> in my house currently, I have four sets. I have the set that I have that matches Mikey and Jackson. I have the set that I have that matches Derek. I have the Barbie set that I wore at IWS. Uh, and then I have a red and like red uh, burgundy, white, and gray like brocade set. And I'm currently. I just have to wait till my fabric shop reopens. They went to Disney World. Um, <laughs> I know I've, I've been I've been in hell. I can't get new fabric for like a week. Um, well, I, they're in heaven at the best time of their life. You're just like, come home. You think they're in heaven until you remember how much Disney World costs. He told yes. me he was paying like 12k on that trip between oh. him, his partner, and his two kids. I was like, you are Yeesh. insane. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I've got I've got like a paint not paint splatter, but like almost like an oil spill sort of material that I'm making my next set out of. Like I, I've, I'm always planning new stuff. There's a designer. Um, I want to get his ax. I want to shout him out because he is so talented. And to mm-hmm. think that when I first went to him, he said he had never designed anything for men. And now he regularly designs for like top names. Um, where is it? Neon underscore S kyle x one of the best designers in wrestling um i go to him probably like once every other month even though i haven't made some of the stuff he's designed yet i get them so that when i have like a big showing i go okay cool i have a design in the bank that i can put forward for this 
Uh, like he's designed sets for me, he's designed sets for Speedball, he's designed sets for Leo. And I remember first going to him and going like, because he was one of those people where he designs for a lot of the women. Tell so many mm-hmm. designers start is they just, they really like women's wrestling or they really like the fashion of women's wrestling and they design for them. And I went to him, I said, how much have you designed for men? He goes, not a lot. Uh, and I went, have you designed anything like for men that's been made that I can see? He's like, no, not really. And I said, okay, well, here's an idea that I have. Show me what you get out of this and then we'll go from there. And it turned out phenomenally. And now I like, I send him everything. Like he designed speedball set for best of super juniors. Mm. That was his design top to bottom. Oh, yeah. I just gave him the color scheme and the idea and he drew it up completely. He is and, so good. And then you, uh, and then you take the design and actually craft yep. it. Yep. And he's also very good for like making stuff where like it may be super intensive to make, but it's all doable. It's all capable of being made. Well, speaking of some of your favorite designs, uh, I did get you to send me some of your favorite designs. Uh, So let's take a look through some of them. Uh, You can give me, you know, give us kind of, you know, a quick, you know, a quick story about them or an anecdote if you'd like. Uh, Start with, uh, I'll just go in the list or order you sent them to me in. starting here so that is speedballs uh bikers and flag for um sacrifice this past year march uh, 25th 26th weekend we so to go into it it, it's really based off how the idea of doing the mortal Kombat ninjas originally came up Mm -hmm. we were originally working off thunder themes because speedball had like these lightning tights and uh our our mutual friend Andy, uh, Andy Belanger, um, Animal Bob Anger, designed him some stuff. And it was long tights, and he said, okay, let's make these bikers. So we made them bikers, and we ran with a few silhouettes of that, and then we had a few others. And it came to a point where I went, fuck, like, I want to do something with Thunder and Lightning. I don't want to do Thor. So I am a big Mortal Kombat nerd, so I thought of Raiden. So there's a website called MK Warehouse that has all of the Mortal Kombat characters in history and everything they've ever looked like. So like it's got Raiden from Mortal Kombat, you know, one, two, three, Deadly Alliance, blah, 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 all the way down. And I think it, I think it's his Mortal Kombat X outfit that I took from to make there's a blue set he wore at Slimiversary. Right after that, he took a promo photo where he's kind of, where he's kind of like this, where he's kind of got, he's kind of got this weird like, up fist stance. I don't know what it's called. He's he's the martial artist. But someone said he looks like a Mortal Kombat character. So I designed him Scorpion gear, Sub-Zero gear, and then this one was based off Ermac. And that's based off Ermac's look from, I believe, MKX. It's, it's a mixture of a few of them, actually. But yeah. that's where like the gray straps over top come from the sort of mummified look he had in that game. Uh, obviously the burgundy based off his original and uh, that gold crest that's in the flag is the netherrealm crest uh, for like the netherrealm faction within the games. All right. And uh, the next one we got, there we go. That is the black heart jacket that I made for Leo rush. Yeah. Uh, That one was made for WrestleMania week. I believe this past year in California. 
Yeah. Um, that's another one that uh, Neon Skyle X designed. Um, one of my more challenging pieces to date because it was the first time I had ever had to make something where the lining was also designed to be shown. Like those mm -hmm. lapels coming out, people were also going to see that. So I was like, well, crap, how do I do that? Uh, there's a hood and a collar on it. And that's not common. So I had to sort of pattern that out myself. It's like, hey, we have this collared trench coat. It's hard to see there, but there's like, there's a collar underneath that. So there's a collared trench coat. And then also, how do we put a hood over top of that? Because normally they attach at the same place at the base right. of the neck. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, that was a tough commission, but it was super, super rewarding. Because like seeing it in movement and seeing the way that it looks during his entrance, uh, especially the one he had at Multiverse, was was really, really yeah. cool to see. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, definitely looks like some Keita Murray. So Keita Murray is one of my mm -hmm. first ever commissions. Uh, my first five was Dean Hiram, who was a student of the Nightmare Factory. Literally, the first paid commission I ever took was Dean Hiram, and I always mm -hmm. say. If he is still wrestling, I don't know if he's still wrestling, come back to me. I will make you a set for free because knowing what I know now, the set that I made him was like so fucking shit. It was so <laughs> quality. Like it was still good, but I would never put that quality out now because I know right. so much more now. Um, Dean Hiram, Keita Murray, uh, O'Shea Edwards, Trevor Eon, and it's a tie because they ordered at the same time between DeAndre Jackson and Gabriel Kai. Mm -hmm. Those are like my first sets of commissions. Bunch of um, homies, bunch of black wrestling wrestlers. 500's coming out, y'all. All of them. Mm -hmm. All of them. Mm -hmm. Like black and then Gabriel Kai's Polynesian. Mm -hmm. All of them. And Kita, mm -hmm. that's my favorite set I designed for Kita. Um, I love red and gold and black. As you can tell by the the colors I've, I, I gave to you, for the logos and everything. Uh, red, gold, and black, I think is just like a gorgeous color combination. And it's more than just the typical wrestling red and black. Everybody, their first set of gear, you ask like 90% of wrestlers, you go, what was your first set of gear? And they'll either go all black or red and black. Mm -hmm. Because it's just such a common color combo. Adding gold, uh, sorry, adding gold in is just a way to spruce it up, which I really like. All right. And next up, Aiden Prince. So right. Aiden Prince, this, this set's bittersweet for me. I'll, I'll explain why. Um, this was based off of a set that, well, it, not only just a set, it's a style of gear that I think the best gear maker in the world, I can say that now because Sandra's retired, the mm -hmm. best gear maker in the world, Soy Takeda in Japan, he does this way of doing multi-texture sets where it's these jagged lines and it's all the same color, but they're different textures and it shows up so nicely in pictures. It's, it's harder to see when you're live, but it looks gorgeous in pictures. And I had sent, he, he did a set like that for Malachi Black and I sent that Malachi Black set to Princey and I said, what do you think of doing a multi-texture set? He said, I love it. Um, I want to go with like this darker theme that they, he was doing for a storyline. So we did those. 
There's kick pads that match them. Here's where the bittersweet part comes in. Prince got injured in that set. Oh, He ended up messing up his lower leg and the kick pads, which to to date are my favorite set of kick pads ever made. They had to cut him out of one of them. Oh, oh no. So I was just like, like, it wasn't on my mind at the time because at the time, I'm like, oh my God, like my friend just fucking got injured, like in the middle mm-hmm. of a main event match, right? And like, obviously, go, yeah, cut through the fucking thing. And then, like, it was like two days later, I was like, fuck. Like, those were really nice kick pads and they're fucked. Um, but I, I told him already, I'm like, I, I'll remake. I'll remake you a set for free because I feel fucking terrible mm-hmm. about like having one the injury to like that injury also like taking a set of gear away from him basically. Um, but no, that is that is still it's it's a very nice set. I it was it was challenging to make, but I love the result of it. Excellent. Sad story. Sad story, but good ass good ass pair of trunks. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, maybe a familiar set. Uh, yeah. You know, I might have seen that robe in a, the, in a particular title match. That was the Raiden set that I was referring to. That was made for Slammiversary. I believe it was last year. He uh, won the exhibition title. It was about two years ago. That was the one he won the exhibition yeah. title. Ultimate X. In an Ultimate X match. And I don't even know if he knows this, but Drumboy, who is the merch guy for Impact... Uh, we were going through uh, promo photos for uh, signings after when we were in Atlanta, Georgia for Hard to Kill. And I saw this picture. I said, I said, I'm going to keep this one memento as the first gear I ever made for a main roster champion. Because, mm. mm. like, that – and I always said if they – if if they ended up making action figures for him and that was the gear on it, I'd be happier than a picking shit. Because right. one, gorgeous set, love it so much. The design was like, it ended up opening so many doors for me. Um, the blacksmith jersey that he has is based off that set. True. So I ended up getting a blacksmith jersey because they were like, Hey, send us the pattern that you used, and we'll send you this jersey because, mm. like, that's what we want to run with. Um, it is like so. This set is probably one of like those benchmark sets where it goes, My career was like going well, and then like that was a jump, and then I started doing even better after that. Yeah. That was that was your big pay per view. That was your, uh, your, you know, your your main event of the uh, of the pay per view sort of match. Uh, yeah, in and, terms and of your gear making. Yeah, and for it to be like X Division Champion, um, an Ultimate X match, a debut for the gear. It wasn't like it was gear that he had been wearing for like a few months, and then he just so happened to win the championship in it. There was a lot that came together that made. Um, that set of gear really significant. And then all the stuff after it as well sort of compounded on. Absolutely. So you have done, uh, you know, you, you've made gear for so, so many people. Uh, yeah. And then the list continues to grow. Um, you're also, 
your your bookings continue to uh, grow in the ring as well. Uh, I know season two of Uproar is starting up, so I can imagine mm-hmm. I'll be seeing you at Crossbody. Uh, I'm gonna be out hopefully, there myself. Yes. I'm gonna be out there myself, so I'll. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so I'll hopefully uh, see you some more over the uh, over the season at Crossbody and around the GTA. But what uh, you know, what do you have in terms of goals for yourself? I know you've already accomplished enough. Oh, I, I, it though. I, I know that it. I know that there's more. Everybody wants to do more. And as you I accomplish, you, you know, as you accomplish, <laughs> exactly. I, that's mm-hmm. the thing. As you accomplish your goals, you got to adjust your goals and then just you had a uh, you had gear at WrestleMania this year. I have not. That's okay. still like that's the that's one on thing on my bucket list that is like at the very top. Although mm-hmm. there was actually something that was above it that got accomplished on like a spur of a moment thing. And that was Wrestle Kingdom. Because WrestleMania oh. is great. WrestleMania is all well and good. However, when it comes to gear, Japanese wrestlers blow American wrestlers out of the water. Yeah. Big so time. for me, I was like, especially at Wrestle Kingdom. That would be just like in terms of gear, just a step above WrestleMania. And Leo Rush ended up commissioning me for a set for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, his gear was crazy too. Yeah, you. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was that was challenging because it was like, okay, this is a huge stage, and I've never made gear for you before. Mm-hmm. So I was so worried about I don't know if it's gonna fit, all that stuff. That one UPS didn't fuck me up on, but it was another one where it was like I have to get this to him before it goes to Japan. I was working on like a pretty short deadline for that one, but it worked out nicely. Everything fit pretty good. I think the kick pads we ended up making adjustments to after, but yeah. That that was like probably one of the top of my gear bucket list things that I accomplished uh, last year mm-hmm. or this past this past year maybe yeah yeah excellent but then so you know WrestleMania aside what else do you you know what else is on the goals for you in the ring out of the ring around the ring I so the gear one that I have right now is I want a regular client in every single major promotion. So right yeah. now I have regular clients in impact. I have a regular client at NXT with trick Williams. Uh, I literally just shipped out stuff for trick, like literally right before we started this. Um, yeah. I have, uh, I, so I've made stuff for people in AEW. Like I've made stuff for Lee Moriarty, but I, he's not like a regular client. And I like, I also, I always want to say, I never hold that against anybody because sometimes shit does not work. Whether it's time, whether it's fit, whether it's like, especially working for AEW and WWE, they have in-house gear makers. It's yeah. so hard yeah. to to be like, oh no, I'm going to keep getting my gear elsewhere while I have somebody who can make it in hours. Mm-hmm. And there's no shipping, there's no nothing. Like they do it in front of me. I can choose the materials in hand. And like that's a level of service that I aspire to. But it's not possible for people who live in the States. I do it for the Canadians as much as I can. Like, to to bring them materials to shows and stuff and do test fittings and all that. Canada's up. Let's go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, we get that for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I would like to have a mate. I would like to have a regular in every major promotion. Um, That's, like, one of my gear goals. There's a few clients where it's, like, I don't know if I'd ever be able to make stuff for them, but I'd love to. Swerve is always one that I I say I would love to make stuff for Swerve. Mm-hmm. Um, always have found his sort of his just aura t- 
to be like something that I wanted my looks associated with. Um, although I did already, I already got like clients where it's like, if I didn't have them, I would definitely want them. Leo and trick, especially, um, mm -hmm. because those are two people with same thing where it's like, I just love what they do. Uh, other than that, career wise, I want to be, I, I want to work more regularly at like more promotions here. Cause mm -hmm. I work a lot of like my most consistent bookings are quite a ways away. I love working C4. I love working IWS. They are very far. Yeah. It's I a long drive. It is a long drive, but I'm I'm happy to make it because yeah. I love those two promotions. I think those two are ostensibly top two promotions in Canada. Mm -hmm. So like I'm happy to go. Um, I do want more here though, and I want I don't want there to be a weekend that I have without wrestling unless it's by my choice. Like I want it to be like I refuse bookings on this weekend because I want to go to Aruba or something. Like, you right. know what I mean? Um, other than that, um, I'm planning a trip to Japan. Not a wrestling trip to Japan, but I'm trying to, like, sort of swing it into a wrestling trip. Because, <laughs> um, like, originally it was just a plan to, like, go with, like, friends. But it's like, no, I would like to. I would like to get at least one thing while I'm over there. Um and then, like, personal stuff. Like, I, I want to hit 220. I'm at 190, and I said, by the age of 30, I need to hit 220. <laughs> That's like, I can do it. It's just a matter of doing it. Which is the <laughs> yeah. I, like, <laughs> you and I are about the same height. I've got plenty of experience of uh, getting over the 220 mark. <laughs> Let, I can help in you a out, different bro. way. I can I can help you. I can help you out with that, man. Let's just you, you know come to Hamilton. We'll we'll go grab some dinners. I'll show you how. Uh, I'll, show you how I'll show you. Mike, I don't think that's what he means, Mike. I don't think that's what he means. I will spend <laughs> hours in August eight. That's Yo. my one thing for Hamilton. I will spend. Oh. I will spend hours in August eight. Yeah. Well, guess like, what? It's 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 five minute. It's a five minute walk from my house up the road off the highway, mm -hmm. and it's fucking closed down oh you're at that one yeah yeah so my there's the downtown one though yeah the downtown one's the one i went to last time my fabric okay. shop is five minutes from uh that august 8th okay if you keep right. going down past the walmart and stuff uh right before you get to the bend that's closed right now like claremont access or whatever it is yeah right before you get there, that's where i buy all my fabric oh shit okay yeah. wow. here we go small world yeah this is the it first. Is the I, I, it, it's so funny after all the like Bay Area people that have been on the show to have somebody right. that I can, I <laughs> can understand. Person, I get to understand the regional geography now, and yeah. just just sitting there, you know, like nod and smile. It's it, it's weird to be on this side of things. So weird. <laughs> True. Oh man, well, I'll say it's been a pleasure talking to you, hearing your story, getting to show off your work. You know, getting uh, just you, you've. Uh, yeah, the list of accomplishments just con continues to pile up for you. I'm trying. Um, and in the meantime, I'd like I'd love for you to tell people where they can find you, where uh, you know where they can inquire about perhaps wearing you. Uh, yeah, let them know. Inquiring about wearing me—that's the fun part. You don't uh, give me a bit. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so pissed. True. Mm-hmm. I am legitimately like, aside from like personal recommendations that come from like regular clients, I'm not taking on a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, however, if you want to see the work that I've done, which I need to update more, I'm still doing better than a lot of people, but I need to update it a lot more. Um, on Instagram, that is at Archer Wrestling Apparel. If you don't want to type that in or misspell apparel like I did for the first like couple of years, um, everything else is at Sway Archer. That's on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. And then on my Instagram, there is a link through to my gear making page. So if you go at Sway Archer on Instagram, it's very easy to find from there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for spending this uh, this time with us. Uh, Reg, where can everyone find you at? Uh, you know where you can find me every Saturday morning. I'm on the FIFO Network with Philip Lindsay, Graph City Podcast. Tomorrow and Friday, I'm going to be outside. It's the West Coast Cup, West Coast Pro. If you have IWTV or if you are in the area, grab you a ticket, watch the show. A lot of great actions going to be happening. Got Benny Massaro, we got Titus Alexander, got Speedball Mike Bailey, who we talked about on here. Brian Keith, Starboy Charlie, uh, Max the Impaler. Uh, the list goes on. Kevin Knight, so many great, amazing wrestlers. Two nights of the best wrestling you're going to see coming up here for the West Coast Cup Pro uh, show. It's going to be a great time. So definitely tune into that. Every Wednesday, I'm here with Mike on Indeed, talking to all the best in independent wrestling. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm on the post show with Denise. Tune into that. There's a lot of great action. Just released our new uh, intro video for that. If you haven't seen it, definitely tune in for that. Uh, won't be on with Kate tomorrow on the ROH post show because I'll be at the Ring of Honor. I mean, at the uh, uh, West Coast Cup show. So, uh, yeah, I'm everywhere. There you go, man. And uh, myself, I'm actually also leaving my house it, this, this weekend. It's what? It, it, yeah. Rare circumstances. Uh, yes. You know, me, my, my, my discs have unherniated themselves enough for me to go out and see some more independent wrestling this weekend. Let's go, baby. So this Saturday, I will be at Pro Wrestling Ontario uh, at the Germania Club, downtown Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, you know, lovely place. <laughs> uh, but got a good card there. Greed versus Jesse V for the open weight title. Uh, we've got Storm Grayson defending the freelance wrestling title against Tyler Hill. Uh, Matt Grant is defending the crossbody pro wrestling internet title in a four-way match. Uh, the brothers who used to bang, who, I, I don't know, cease and desist, whatever you want to call them now, they're uh, they're going to be there. I'm really excited to see that uh, like tag team shenanigan spot foo shit. Uh, I bought... I bought I bought front row because the new Bang Bros are on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you you bought front row to catch them? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, uh, it, it, uh, changing posture is good for my back, so you know, yes, if, uh, it, it, getting up and down to move out of the way for dives, where you know, it's it's really mm-hmm. for my benefit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're gonna be watching. So I'll be at uh, Pro Wrestling Ontario on Saturday. I'm also gonna be watching West Coast Cup over the next two days. Uh, happy birthday, Vinny Massaro! Vinny, happy birthday, Big Ben, the Book of Man. Uh, yeah, and then also I'll be on uh, the Brunch Gimmick over on Love Wrestling on Sunday. Uh, I think this Sunday, Maggie from uh, Fightful is gonna be on there with us. I think we're doing a potato chip roundtable. So see you then. Uh, and then every Wednesday, talking 
with uh, Reg about independent wrestling with a bunch of independent wrestlers. Like, uh, okay, good. I got the list pulled up. Next week, Cole Radrick. August 23rd, Spencer Love, owner of Love yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. August 30th, August 30th, Dylan McQueen's going to be here. Uh, mm-hmm. September 6th, Big Ben Ortman's. Uh, that's also going to be the premiere night for the new season of Crossbody Pro Wrestling Uproar. It'll be starting mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. So we're on a hard one hour, one hour hard time limit on September 6th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also just uh, talked to him about it last night. But September 13th, uh, the Death Fighter himself, Akira, will be joining us. Sweet. And uh, nice lineup. Very, very yeah. slight plug. Aside from Spencer Love, every indie wrestler you name that you're going to have on the show is someone I have either made gear for or I'm about to make gear for. So, yeah, all you got to do make Spencer make Spencer Love like a tie to do some ring announcing in, and then you're 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 all set. You know? We'll do it, Spencer. DM me. We follow there each we other. Yeah, honestly, I feel like uh, I I gotta go. I I should give you the whole like list of everyone we've ever had, and it's. Probably most of them. So, it's a good yeah. chunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, so I thank you so much for your time. Thank Thanks you. Thank you at home for uh, tuning in and hanging out with us. Go to an indie show. Go find a go find a wrestler. Find their merch store. Buy some merch. Support everybody. And uh, yeah, peace and love. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs>